You're listening to Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Welcome to your Brooklyn Free Speech Radio update. I'm Liam Billingham, manager of special programs for Brooklyn Media Education. And I'm Joseph Rangeli, manager of community producer services. So Joey, Joe, Joey, you're manager of community producer services. Yes. What'd you do before that? Uh, before what I do before that here or mm-hmm. in before here? Uh, What'd you do here before? I know. <laughs> uh, so before I got to Brick, uh, I spent my time uh, freelancing in uh, film production. I did I wore a number of hats doing that, but one of the slow down, slow down, main Joey. things. So you went to Brooklyn College. I did for film production, undergraduate. That's right. how was that? Awesome. Great program. Good Learned people. a lot. Good people. Good classes. Uh, got me very much prepared to go out into the real world and start working on production. And when you got out into the real world, you, as you just said, started working on production. <laughs> so what kind of jobs did you do? Well, you know, I did the, uh, obviously, the basic, um, you know, PA, uh, production right. assistant Sat on the back stuff. of a truck. There you go. But uh, I also did, uh, I took it upon myself to start building my own audio package, and I started doing um, some on-set sound mixing. So you became a production sound mixer. Mixer, yes. So what is, uh, take me through, what does a production sound mixer do? Uh, So it depends really on the shoot, but like for the jobs I I was doing, which was, um, you know, especially when you're starting out a little more low paid, but like. There tends to be a lot of, like, eggs in your basket. Uh, so I would do everything from mic everybody up to hold, you know, to operate the boom pole and mix while, you know, while operating the boom pole. So I would have... A lot of jobs. Right. I would have my mixer, like, strapped to me. I would had a harness that I could strap it on, and then I could um, operate the boom while also mixing. So in... Um Let's say a, a more industry kind of approach to this, or like right. at a higher budgeted level. There's usually three people on the sound team, correct? Right, right. Who are those people? So uh, one is the the mixer, uh, which is what I was bit primarily like towards the end of my sort of freelancing days, and then you'd have the boom operator. So the mixer is is adjusting the levels, right? While so you're boom, sitting there with mm-hmm. the mixer, with the field mixer, kind of a little bit off by yourself, so you can right. kind of just hear the sound. They're right. usually wearing big, big headphones, right? right? Because they're right. listening for all the things you don't want to hear, all the tiny little things that everybody else misses. The sound guy will hear, like um, like trucks or birds right. or anything like that, scratching on the microphone, stuff right. like that. Uh, so I was doing that, and then you have a boom operator, uh, which uh, is basically exactly what it sounds like. Somebody that would operate the boom, which is, uh, there's a lot more to than people realize. Right. Because there's, you know, um, a pattern that shot, different shotgun mics have different patterns. Pick up patterns. And pick up patterns. And right. you need to know how to angle and, you know, adjust and point those to, you know, get the best sound possible. And different microphones have different uses. You might be using a, right. a, 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 when you're recording music, for example, right. you're using a, a, a microphone with a larger pickup pattern, right. usually set far away from the action. But when you're recording dialogue, let's say for a documentary, an interview for a documentary or dialogue for a fiction film, you're using a much more directional microphone exactly. generally. Because you want to focus in on what that, person or persons is saying and you don't want to hear the cars that are a quarter mile down the street those that are inevitably there you don't want to be hearing like the guys like i love you and then you hear (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) let's make car noises (laughs) 
Yeah. So and and this is one of the things that like and especially like say if you were on like a narrative shoot, a lot of times the boom operator would have to know the script, right? Because they need to know what line they're gonna catch next, right? Right. So there's a lot to and they need to know what the blocking is because they have to know where somebody might move, right? Right. So and there's also a lot need to, it. to have, right? You know, I've I've never been on a shoot like this, but I've I know that there are shoots where occasionally there are two sound people. Right. Robert Altman was famous for having like four sound people because right. he wanted everything recorded all Grab the time. Yeah. But then the third person on a set often is the audio, sort of an audio assistant, right? right? Like an assistant. That person will usually like assist with like miking up with like the lavaliers, like right. taping that stuff on, doing all that. And probably running cable. Right, right, running and cable. And moving back and forth from and the production track. Actually with the boom operator, they'll actually wrangle for them. So they'll wrangle cord like while the boom operator has to move. Because remember a lot of time boom operator is watching what's happening. Right. So they're sound not, mixer listening. Right. Boom operator watching. Right. So the assistant would be basically behind the boom operator wrangling cable and making sure that he's not gonna he or she is not gonna like trip and especially if kill the themselves. camera's moving if if yeah. the camera's moving or the production's moving if you're watching a film with like a walk and talk right or oftentimes the sound person has to move with them because right. you can't just rely on the wireless lavalier microphone right think about that uh, might be attached to their person think about any Law and Order episode you watch where they're walking up and down the aisles there a lot uh, of that the show hallways. is single takes. Yeah. They shoot it so fast. Yeah. I actually know a guy who uh, be got into the sound union, which is very hard. You have to put in a lot of like right. hours, and he got into it by a luck print. because a friend brought him on to act as a boom operator on Law and Order. Wow. And they had to put him in the union in order for him to work on it. So wow. they basically like rushed him into the union. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, um, it's a cool gig. So you, I would say that coming to a place like... Okay, so when you come to a place like Brooklyn Free Speech, right. and we're not a multi-million dollar enterprise <laughs> right. producing an eleva twenty-something uh, episodes of television, we're a much le much more decentralized, community-focused organization, right. and so therefore there are more limited resources. So, how does how does what was a more regular shoot for you? You mentioned you would occasionally be one man. Ba one person banding. Right. That, that happened operation. a lot like w when I first started because you're building your name. Right. You have to get it out there. Yeah, I, I want to say build your reel, but it's like an you're audio reel. You're a sound reel. You're a sound right. reel. Um, so, uh, yeah, what uh, I, I suggest a lot of our producers, it's, it's, it's a little rough for our producers because uh, most of our community producers are like shooting and directing and doing everything. Yeah, they're one person so, banding. Right. So I would say... Um, Maybe don't uh, use a mixer unless you know you really, really mm. need it. And I would say go use a lavalier and use a, a boom. A lot of people like to uh, to neglect a shotgun mic. Right. But the thing is, is that actually should be your primary microphone. Lavaliers are your backup. I think that there's a tendency among people who are maybe a little less experienced, right. but also who are making things right. all by themselves um, because film is always seen as a visual medium, mm -hmm. but it's actually, it's actually like a great underestimation of sound. Right. And uh, one of the great things um, uh, a college professor said to me once, and I'm sure I've said it to some people here at Brick, is 
Uh, most audiences can sit through a film that doesn't look that great. Right. Most audiences will not, not sit, sit through, through a, a film, film that, that sounds bad. Unless, you know, sometimes you'll watch more experimental films or you'll watch right. a film by like a Jean-Luc Godard, especially his later films. Right. And you'll... Um, it's very clear that there's intentional right. sound things, but it's but it's it's intentioned. I feel like part of the reason people can't do sit, sit through bad sound is we can't process like sound hits you on a really subconscious, actual physical level. Right. Yeah. It affects your your body in right. ways. So it's like if something sounds bad or it's you start it's, to cringe, you start to right. it's weird. Yeah, and I think there's also a tendency among a lot of our producers to like set it and forget it, and they're right. not thinking about the sound. Well, go ahead. I can tell you one of the biggest offenses I've seen with community, some community producers, and this is what I always tell people. Uh, hard Truths from hard Joe Rangeli. Um, You're listening to Hard Truths with Joe Rangeli. <laughs> and this is just because I want people to make the best thing they can make. Totally. Uh, a lot of our community producers do not monitor their, their sound. I'll see, uh, they'll set a lavalier, they'll set a shotgun mic. And then they'll, make they'll be crazy. behind the camera, but they're not actually listening to the sound. Right. So even if you've set everything up and you're looking at your levels on your camera and everything looks good, that doesn't yeah. mean everything is good because there's all kinds of variables. You can have scratching that's going to not pick up. You know, right. that, those levels aren't going to tell you that something's scratching. You're going to have someone talking in the background right. that's being picked up. Those You're going to have high frequency noises, cars, low frequency right, stuff. Right. Like, you know, imagine watching a big Hollywood film and hearing like a car in the back, a movie set in the 19, I don't know, in the Wild West, and you <laughs> right. hear like in the background or whatever the case might be. Not a good look. Right. Simultaneously, even if you're just shooting a local event, something like that, if you right. can't, there's nothing worse. Than, if something looks bad, fine. But if you hear it and right. it sounds bad, right. that's a bad sign. And most of the time when we have producers who have major issues with their edits, it's sound related. Like they'll have, they'll shoot a concert, like they'll have all this great concert footage, but you can't make out what the band's saying because right. it was recorded with a shotgun mic amongst, you know... A thousand people, which like, never is going to sound Which is why sound people will try to get into the soundboard. Right. So we have a lot of conversations about how we can improve community producer offerings for sound and stuff like that. Right. One way that they can do that, but one way to improve sound is by focusing more on sound. You right. know, we we've made some changes to our program, and the most exciting thing is that we now have two, and more soon to be coming, two audio classes that are just starting this semester. One is called Field Audio Certification, and the other is called Field Recording Techniques. Field Audio Certification is a certification class, meaning when you take that class, you get access to Zoom recorders, wireless lavaliers, and you also get access, you get more, you get Zoom recorders, wireless lavaliers, and more training that you can use to borrow that equipment and go out and make your podcast record sound for your film. It's another way to focus on sound in a way that you might not get that kind of time in, say, our introductory video production in the field class. So who should take field audio certification? 
Uh, well, again, I think uh, people come in here at different levels and people right. want to use different types of equipment. So if you're serious about, say, moving forward and creating, say, maybe some more narrative-focused stuff or maybe some more documentary-focused things. Or podcasts. But or, or you have a podcast right. idea, but you don't necessarily want to take a full five, uh, two, right. sorry, two-week podcasting class. Right. right. Then I would say step in and go for those types of certifications. If you feel like... I'm going to keep my stuff very basic, uh, and I'm not going to single person, right? Or single you're not gonna, person. Yeah. Then there may not it may not be necessary for you to take that. So class. it's always good practice. It is always good practice, and I, you know, the more people learn about sound, the happier I am. I I, I love seeing and I love hearing that we're going to offer these these new additional classes that are going to give people right. a better grasp of sound. And the other class is field recording techniques. Now that used to be called audio production in the field, but we changed the name to make a distinction. So. Best bet would be to take you take video production in the field, you learn how our cameras work. Maybe you then learn a little bit about you take one of our DSLR upgrade classes where you learn the Canon 70D, um, which Canon 70Ds, DSLRs in general, not great for audio recording, which is why you might want to take a field audio certification class right. um, to learn how to use the zooms to learn how to use external recorders and then you can sync your sound using premiere right. after the fact field recording techniques is just going to capitalize on what you learned quickly in field audio certification these are both single session courses they're designed for people that don't have a ton of time but you can get field audio you can take field audio certification to learn the equipment and field recording techniques to learn about things like pickup patterns and right. how to boom and how to do these kinds of things they're sort of related classes right. which you should take together to optimize your learning not only of sound in general but specifically of the equipment that we offer you right. in the community how to best utilize the equipment we have and again i i can't stress enough if you're if you want to take it seriously and learn more about sound learning those pickup patterns and different things because it's extremely important to to getting the best quality sound you can get. Absolutely. Understanding those microphones and understanding the situations in which to use them right. is going to give you the best sound you can possibly get. And I think to piggyback on that, the biggest le the biggest thing that is important to remember about a place like Brooklyn Free Speech, Brick, is that we're a community media center. Right. We a lot of people think because of limited resources and access that they have to get into the habit of doing everything by themselves. If you're a content producer, if you're someone that makes a show, makes a podcast, makes a documentary, makes a weekly show, whatever, why not take these classes to meet people who might be interested in audio so that they can work on your shoots and you take one one you're able to take one thing off your plate and you have someone exclusively focused on audio. Exactly. You know, I think Joe you'll agree with me. Like I would never not consider myself a sound person or a camera person. Or I'm, you know, much more of an editor, but I think knowing a little bit about all these things right. makes you a better f uh, film or video maker, and also enables you to talk to people who are experts in those areas right. in a much clearer way. You know what you're listening for, right? Like uh, I always took it upon myself. I remember when I was first um, at Brooklyn College, is I wanted to take classes in every, so I took cinematography classes, right. I took audio because I wanted a approach, right? Because even though I knew what I wanted to focus on was like directing 
I yeah. knew knowing these things and knowing how to speak to people about these things is just going to give me a much better, you know, an upper hand when it goes into like actually creating content. And when it comes to a point when maybe you're working on budgeted things, you'll have a better sense of what these folks actually do. Right. So right. in the short term, we are now currently offering a certification class in field audio that'll give you access to the equipment and then you can enhance your skills in the field recording techniques. We highly recommend you take both of these classes yes. to learn what it is that to learn mostly as much as you can right. about sound because good sound is what's going to take your project to the next level. It's true. Uh, and the more you do it and the more you you stay consistent with it, the better you're going to get. So totally. uh, take those classes. And I think you never stop learning. Like I right. getting into the podcast, I, like I listen to things and I notice, I wouldn't say I know a ton, but I now will listen to podcasts and notice how they sound different. Right. And it's it's as much about learning like what kind of sound you like right. as opposed to what, there's no such thing as good sound it, it, as, except that it's recorded at the right level and not messy and busy. Oh, right. But there, but there's, it's beyond just recording good sound. It's about learning what, what sounds you like and how you want things to sound. And what you want to do with sound. Right. So field audio certification, field recording techniques, all of our classes are available uh, to sign up for at brickartsmedia.org slash classes. That's it. Anything else? I think that's it. I think we've got it covered. All right. Uh, Well, uh, I'm Liam Billingham, Special Project Manager for Brick Media Education. Joseph Rangeli, Manager of Community Producer Services. We just got to get used to these new titles. Every time I'm like, (laughs) all right, all right, say goodbye, Joey. Bye-bye.